Welcome to the Roundtable at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, a podcast of discussions with substance. Join our staff and leaders of our church as we journey through topics that inform, engage, and inspire the daily life of our church. Hello and welcome to the Clergy Roundtable from Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in Little Rock. My name is Jay Clark and I am the executive pastor on staff here. My name is John Robbins and I'm the senior pastor. I'm Kathleen McMurray. I am the pastor of Connecting Ministries and Worship. I'm Ellen Rowland, and I'm the minister to youth and families. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's get to the uh, to the first question. Um, summer is uh, the time where United Methodists get together uh, in a structure known as annual conference. Uh, Arkansas is no exception to this. We had our annual conference, which gathers laity and clergy from every um, church in the state of Arkansas together uh, to have festive, uh, wonderful conversations and table talk. Um, anyway, uh, did anything stick out to you all at our annual conference this year? You know, people want to know. I mean, everyone's clamoring to know what happened at the Arkansas conference, annual conference. They may ask it better than that. but <laughs> So what, st- uh, what sticks out? I mean, uh, you know, uh, other than bureaucracy is alive and well. well. I think what stuck out is that Kathleen McMurray received the award for evangelism. Yes. To me, that, yes. that was the highlight of annual conference, that she received an award for her outstanding work. And I think for me, that was the only highlight. But it was, <laughs> but it was a special highlight for sure. Thanks, John. Um I think for me, I'm the worship chair of the annual conference, and so um, worship stood out because we put so much work in. We had nine different worship services at this annual conference, um, and I was just so thankful for all of the diversity of music that we had throughout the week. Um, I thought that the services were really, really powerful. Um, Just so thankful for my team uh, that I work with to plan those, and, and I thought that they they were really meaningful. I think for me, uh, the thing that was the highlight was that we finished early. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. <clears throat> no, not really. My, my favorite <laughs> thing was uh, that I got to experience this annual conference with my son, who was a delegate. Yes. And so that was, uh, that was really interesting because I didn't know how he would respond to you know, seeing the, the inner workings of the church. And uh, he, he enjoyed it. And so, uh, but this was your first annual conference in, in Arkansas. So uh, what do you think about it? I mean, I think this is the best worship at an annual conference I've seen. I don't say that just because I love Reverend McMurray, but it really was. Um, and I think despite the tension that I think some people walked in with, I think we did a really good job of saying, what is the real business of the church this week? And we kind of stuck to that. And I got to be with all of the youth delegates, which was such a privilege to meet these kids that are still invested in the institution of the church. Mm-hmm. And normally those kids that come are silent and really don't do anything or fall asleep. Um, not that Quinn didn't fall asleep um, at least <laughs> once. Yes. Um, to my knowledge, he fell asleep with, sun- with his sunglasses on because um, <laughs> he thought that was funny. Yeah, he thought it was funny. But... <laughs> At this particular conference, we saw youth stand up and talk about gun violence in their schools. 
And I think maybe for the first time that I've ever seen it at an annual conference, we saw the adults in the room really realize that they answer to the youth that are going to take on their church. Um, and that was a huge highlight for me. Yep. It was very strong. Um, there's lots going on in the United Methodist Church. And so I thought that it might be fun for our viewers who, who are watching this roundtable discussion. I want, I want to talk about our earliest memories of Methodism. What is your earliest memory? Now, you two are both clergy kids, right. but, but your dad went into it later. Right. Right. Um, you were raised in the bureaucracy of the church, <laughs> um, you know, and you were split between mm-hmm. two different denominations. denominations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's start with Kathleen. Uh, what is your earliest memory of Methodism? So when my family lived in New Orleans, we went to a church called Rain United Methodist Church. Um, and... We went to that church and to a Catholic church as well. Um, my dad's Roman Catholic, my mom's Methodist. Um, but I guess I have inklings of memories of rain and the preschool that I went to and a few adults that cared for me and that were a really influential part of my life. Um, and I really remember as, as I was kind of meditating on this question, A memory that came to mind was that at my preschool at Rain United Methodist Church, um, we had a time for dress up every day where we would be able to get out these elaborate costumes and everything. And there was a costume that I really liked and I used to fight another boy for this dress every time. And in kind of reflecting and thinking about that, I was like, what a powerful thing for that preschool director to allow a boy to wear a dress (laughs) and for that not to be a big deal, I guess. Um, And, but I, I, I vividly remember always trying to rush to get this particular dress from the dress up clothes at Rain Methodist Preschool um, so that I could get it ahead of this other boy. Um, And again, reflecting on it, what a, beautiful, I don't know, inclusive thing. Right. Ellen, what about you? Um, we moved to North Texas, um, and we were part of a church plant when I was about three years old, and we really went from a couple of families in an elementary school to a 2,000-member complex, and so I remember a lot of my parents being a huge part of all the meetings when we were building buildings and purchasing land, and I just remember how electric and exciting that was. Um, And I think my whole life, once we were moved from that church, um, I've always been chasing the electricity of that church Mm. um, and the life-giving pieces of that church. And I think Pulaski Heights is the first place that I have felt like that's captured that again. So um, that's what I remember. That's awesome. John? Uh, When I was a little boy, we attended chapel on a respective army base, so it was an interdenominational, ecumenical kind of thing. So my first real experience that I remember in a United Methodist church was when my dad went to Vietnam, and uh, so that my mom would have some help with the four children, we moved back to Houston, where I was born and where my mother grew up, Uh, and we attended my grandparents' church at St. Stephen United Methodist, and this was in the early 
70s, and I remember that uh, one of my fondest memories, for some reason it's always stuck with me over these years, is they had a big food drive and made a big deal about the number of poor people they wanted to help. And I remember as a first or second grader when they put all the food that they collected at the front of the church in the chancel area, and it was just packed and packed and packed. And I just remember thinking, wow, I'm so glad I can be a part of something like that. We brought cereal or whatever, we canned goods or whatever it is we brought. But I remember just thinking, man, I'm so glad the church is here, even as a little child remembering how uh, important it was to be able to do something good for somebody else and that the church was doing that. And I wanted to be a part of that. The the church I was raised in uh, was also the church that my parents were married in. It was the church that Karen and I were married in. It was the church that my my mother's parents were both uh, had their funeral services there. Um, so I remember being in uh, the daycare uh, at not it wasn't a formal it was Sunday morning nursery mm-hmm. yeah the nursery, <laughs> and they had some kind of horn that brought the service into the nursery so the nursery workers could hear while they were taking care of the kids mm-hmm. and I rem- I remember that uh, just a little. I remember uh, finding out where the Coke machine key was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that Thank was you. very important <laughs> to a young person. Yes, um, yes. But uh, I, I can remember, you know, sitting in the pew with my grandparents and my mom and my sister, and we would all sit on the same pew. And, um, you know, even as a, a young child just laying down in my grandmother's lap mm-hmm. and listening to the liturgy and the mm-hmm. songs and I mean, that's how I learned everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it was First United Methodist Church in Walnut Ridge, which is one of those typical county seat church, Methodist churches across the street from the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but my, uh, yeah, my family has been very involved there. And uh, anyway, it was, it was a good experience growing mm-hmm. up. That was my first uh, real, I've got my great, great, great grandfather's book of discipline from, I think it's 1804, wow. something like that. And um, it's it's been worn. It's got a leather cover on it. And you can tell that someone wore it on horseback right. because oh. there's an indention yeah. in the in the cover. Those things are so special. They are. I, um, I have a, a book of discipline that was given to me by another clergywoman, and it's the book of discipline from 1956. Mm-hmm. When the, the year women were. The yeah. year women were ordained. And, and all of the all of the language is still about clergy is still male language, but there's just a sentence at the end of all of it, and it says something like, um, "All all of the items regarding clergy can also apply to women." Like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but just what a difference that made, and um, it's a really special special gift thinking about that heritage of faith that we have. We've, uh, t- especially in, in both of your sermons, you've talked about community mm-hmm. uh, and how the church is community and, and, and building our community back uh, after a pandemic. And um, outside the church, where do you experience community the most? Uh, for me, I think part of it has to do with, I mean, obviously friends that we have in Little Rock and one of the great blessings about moving for Susan to be able to move back to Little Rock is she had that built-in system of friends which I got to inherit and have been very much a part of over these years but family is very important to us and you know just like in the church at some level 
uh, communication or what family looks like in terms of community has changed. We do FaceTime all the time because our grandkids live on the East Coast. Um, but still for us, I think having people, uh, being in contact with people literally face-to-face, being able to touch other people, hug other people, those are the kind of things that I think are really important. And so that's why I think it's important that we have that in the life of the church as well. But it's certainly that built-in system of friends that we have here in Little Rock is significantly important for us. Kathleen? I was trying to really think hard about this question because for me, the church is the main place. Mm -hmm that I find community. I have family here too, and that is a huge gift in uh, in moving back to Little Rock was, was having family that's close by, but I have found so much of my community within the church. Um, and then within clergy, um, I have some really close clergy friends, clergy colleagues um, that serve in other churches throughout Arkansas that, that I'm very close with and travel with and get together with, but I still consider that, you know, part yeah. of the church, as in yep. church universal, um, that, that that's a strong connection and that it forms community. Ellen? I have two, bre- two best friends, one that lives here and one that lives in Houston, and our little community remains strong via technology. Um, I also uh, do CrossFit, and I find a lot of my community outside of the church at my gym. Mm-hmm. I think I play trivia, and um, I enjoy my trivia group because they're, uh, uh, there's a lot of them that you would never find in church mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, and uh, we, uh, we li- we're all very different uh, uh, theologically from conversations, I can tell that, and politically from conversations, and uh, that's, uh, that's fun. That's uh, fun for me to be around a group of people so, so different than uh, what I usually am, so... That's why you won Jeopardy last year. You had a heads up on there. Oh, someone's still bitter. Yeah, somebody's still struggling with that. But, I, I mean, I think that it's tough in many ways to find community as adults. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's a real gift that the church can offer to people is a means to find community. Mm-hmm. I know my best friend lives here in Little Rock, and we do a lot to support one another, Um but as far as kind of wider community, and I, I hear that from a lot of a lot of young people, is like, how do you make friends? And I, I don't think it's limited to young people, but I think when you're moving to new places for jobs and stuff, it's kind of more, um, it, it's it's more of a challenge. Um, but but I think that's something that's really important for the church to think about that that is something people are actively looking for. I met with a couple this morning, a young couple. Uh, and they said their great uh, joy in being a part of Pulaski Heights recently joining the church is that there's going to be a built-in community for them, and they look forward to meeting other young couples and establishing relationships with them that will carry on, hopefully, for the rest of their life. So, It is special, you know, those bonds that you uh, make through the church. Um, I, I, I find it, uh, you know, it's just something that... You never, there are church friends that you maybe grew up with that, uh, you know, it's, it is one of those relationships that it just picks up. Mm -hmm. If you don't see them for 10 years, uh, which technologies change things, you know, but I mean, 
you know, used to it was you saw some of your best friends once a year at a church camp or assembly or something annual like conference that. or something. Right, yeah. annual conference. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I remember even not in my generation, but um, other adults that were such a part of my life. And my parents, when we moved to Little Rock when I was a child, they had no biological family here. And so the people that would stay home with me when I was sick and both my parents were having to work or the people that would come over when my dad sliced his finger open and my mom had to take him to the ER. It was always church people. Um, it was the folks that were part of this community of care um, for us, and, and that's a huge gift. And I think that intergenerational uh, quality of, uh, is important yeah. in, mm -hmm. in the life of the church. It affords us a chance to establish relationships with people who are younger than us, people who are older than us, not only people our own age, so that's a big deal. And I, I think sometimes working in the church is, it can be very lonely. Yes. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's something Certainly. that we don't talk about right. a lot because we're busy tending to other people. And um, so it's easy to, you know, get lost in that sometimes. Very much so.